Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are going through the Bible from beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. Today we are in 1 Kings chapter 1. We are reading from the New King James Version Bible, and I pray that Father Yahweh would open our eyes, ears, and hearts to his truth and his truth alone. Now King David was old, advanced in years, and they put covers on him, but he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman, a virgin, be sought for our lord, the king, and let her stand before the king, and let her care for him, and let her lie in his bosom, that our lord, the king, may be warm. Now, to those of us in modern culture, we're like, what in the goodness gracious are they doing? But honestly, they did view women, even though they weren't objects, in a way, they did view them a bit as possessions. So it's interesting because David had all these other wives already. So what is the purpose of this? <laughs> to me, it seems a little bit like all things are lawful for me, not all things are beneficial. Because why would he not why would he not have brought in one of his wives like Abigail already who was with him? It this is just part of the culture at the time, I believe. I believe it, it was not it's not sinful. But is it the best thing? I wouldn't say so. I think that David obviously showed that he struggled with some immorality through his um, interactions with Bathsheba, Bathsheba, daughter of the oath. You know, he killed her husband for her. And so these people perhaps were thinking in errant ways or in the not not most spirit-filled ways, (laughs) I would say. It wasn't that they were going to consummate this. I don't believe David ever... It doesn't seem to, to indicate that he consummated this relationship. But it does seem odd that in this situation, they looked for this beautiful young woman to come and lie with him and, and, and just to warm him up and to cuddle him. It, it seems a bit, <laughs> to me, off right, to miss the mark. Now, I do want to point out here the word for virgin um, comes from a root word in Hebrew, an ancient word, which means to divide, which is interesting um, because the word for virgin is betula, betula, and then it means to divide. So I'm wondering if this is an indication that has she has not been, quote, divided yet by a man and made one with him. It's interesting. It's just a word play there that I thought was an interesting Interesting wordplay. Anyway, I'm not saying they sinned in this because they did not. I mean, it's the, the Bible talks about that Yahweh himself has, um, you know, there are virgins without number, concubines galore, but the one, the perfect one, is the only one of her mother. And so we read that in both like Psalms and we read it in Song of Songs. And so we understand that a man could have more than one wife. And we know that Yahweh Elohim, in, in, in essence, has multiple people he's marrying and calling to him. And many people are of his of his chosen are virgins. Some of them are concubines. And only a small group gets to be the one, the precious one, the bride. But I do think it's something to note that just because it shows us in Scripture doesn't mean that we should run out and do this. It's like if I'm dying, don't go find me, some, which I guess a woman couldn't anyway, but um, you wouldn't find me some young lad to cuddle me. And a man... I don't think <laughs> I'd feel too 
happy about somebody finding a young woman to come and cuddle my husband, right? I mean, there's things there that (laughs) we see in the New Testament. Let me just point this out. When they start to say that a leader, a bishop, an elder, whatever, must be the husband of one wife. And I do believe it shows a character, an essence of character in a man who stays faithful and is loyal and becomes one with his wife. Because you can't really be one with somebody if you have a plurality, like if you have like three wives, you're going to be divided. You're going to be a third of you with each one. So I think that's why in the quote, New Testament, renewed covenant, they really made an emphasis on the leaders having one wife. And I think that's why it became common practice because as the Holy Spirit was given to us, we got a bigger understanding because David, I'm sorry, not David, Adam was given one wife. You know, he doesn't God didn't make him multiple wives. He was to be one with this person. And so here's a case where all things are lawful for me, not all things are beneficial. I don't know that this was the most beneficial action for David. Why not cultivate a relationship he already had going with his wife? And But now remember, Yahweh did say to him, I have given you wives. You know, So he rebuked him for the whole Bathsheba thing, Bathsheba, because he's like, look, I already gave you wives, wives, plural. And that was from Yahweh. So we must remember not to call things sin that are not sin, but we also have to look at, is this is this the most beneficial action for my life? The same thing applies to divorce, to remediation of problems, to anything of the nature where we could receive justice or do something that is deemed correct. What we must ask, is this the highest path that the Holy Spirit has for me? Do I learn my ultimate lesson and become more like Yahweh through this action? Or do I feel some selfish need within my soul and therefore actually become a little bit more fleshly? So for example, if your spouse commits adultery, you can leave. Yeshua says because of the hardness of our hearts, divorce was permitted in the case of sexual morality, right? And you're not, you're not going to be an adulterer. But I know. In all the counseling I've done, Yahweh tells me to encourage these people to be like Yahweh himself who forgave his harlot bride, Israel. And when you choose that path of hanging on the cross and praying for mercy and forgiveness for those who have wronged you most and are killing you, so to speak, because that kind of stuff kills you spiritually. When you learn that heart, There's a whole nother level of awareness and forgiveness and mercy and just spiritual walking that opens in you, I promise you. If you go through with the divorce, and I'm telling you, abuse is not... (laughs) You can get to safety. You can always get to safety. And I counsel a ton of marriage couples, and that's why I'm hitting on this topic more, because that's kind of one of the primary things Yahweh sends me my way is because I've gone through hell (laughs) and back. And Yahweh came to me in two dreams and told me in his own voice to my ears. He said, you do not leave that man. You made a vow to be there for him. And what he said was, I, that he told me the others later, the, in the dream, both dreams, he says, you be there for him. And 
And I'm not saying my husband had some affair or anything. Please don't take that wrong. We've just gone through a lot of things. And I don't want to disclose that because there's forgiveness, grace, mercy, and we've... That's just not the main point. The main point is, even if you're free to marry, or to leave, I'm sorry, even if you're free to take somebody to court, even if you are like legally free, I mean, it's not okay. And then I was going back to, I'm sorry, to the abuse. The Bible says, Yeshua even says, there's no cause for divorce except for sexual morality. I know many women who have stayed married to a husband because of the covenant they made, yet they have to separate for their safety. That is a different thing. That is a completely different issue. You get to, you get to physical safety. You get to physical safety. You don't let see, keep you and your children in harm's way. But when you're doing things from a bitter, angry, unforgiving heart, first of all, you're functioning not in the spirit. Love covers all. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not like it is okay to understand that somebody is sinning, but if you are angry or hurt about that sin, you have a bitter heart. There's a bitter root there that you need to work on. Yeshua was not bitter when the people he came to save, his very own bride, was killing him. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And until you can understand that heart, you have not received. Um, you have not achieved a level of maturity that is needed to be fully spirit-filled. And you go through the hard things to become like Messiah. This refiner's fire is how you become like Messiah. That's how you grow your faith. It's how you become more humble. If you had an easy life and everything was perfect, you would never, ever overcome your flesh. And you would never understand how to get to that level of maturity. And for some of you who just give up and say, well, I'm free to divorce. That's what I'm going to do you got to remember, the Bible literally says, an unbeliever can leave you, but you cannot leave them. So if they divorce you, you let them, that's on them. But you don't have the right to leave. And if your Messiah did it to you, what you're doing to your husband or your wife, would you be where you are? What if your Messiah on the cross said, screw her, I see all the days she slept around, I see all the days he drank and did all this pornography or I saw all the days they were going to do all this wicked Christmas. I saw all the day, you know, what if you should have said, I see what they're doing. I see what they did. I'm, I'm not dying on this cross for them. They don't deserve my grace and mercy. What if he got off the cross and didn't die for us? What if he didn't die for you? Because he said, screw it. I'm sick of being treated this way by her or him. You can't think that your sin is less than the person who's hurting you, who's hurting you right now. That is not a humble or a truthful thought. Your sin is just as dire and stinky and disgusting as that of the person who has hurt you. And the whole work of the Holy Spirit is to teach us to walk out the Torah in the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. And the main point for any believer is to get to the point where we die to ourselves. And we can hang on that cross after we have carried our cross. And we say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. When you make a covenant, it is binding. The children of Israel made a covenant with, um, uh, with the, um, remember Joshua and his men were deceived by the people within the land, the Gibeonites. And then Saul and his zeal decided to kill these people. And there was a plague for three years and David had to hang those offenders. 
because he hang he hangs like some what was it eight sons of Saul or seven sons of Saul to make atonement for this? It's because Saul knew that those people were in the land and they were supposed to be killed, but he had made a covenant. A covenant. They were unbelievers. He made a covenant with them, and that for breaking that covenant, he was judged. I will tell you, if you go through with an act of vengeance, whether it be divorce, or through a court of law, or in some way an act of judgment on someone for your own vindication, I promise you, you are missing a work of the Holy Spirit to become like your Messiah. In that refiner's fire, in the moment where you are in the fire, if you have faith and keep your eyes focused on Yahweh in Yeshua, you will find favor and you will be given that new heart of humility, grace, mercy, and love. But if you reject that, oh, and, and, and I want to point out, and there's a fourth person in the fire with you, right? There's Yahweh in the fire with you. He will bring you through it with your hair unsinged, your clothes with no smoke on it. When you do not avenge yourselves, when you let the Holy Spirit have his perfect work in you, when you remember, because the Bible says, do not take vengeance against your brother, do not bear a grudge against your brother. If you make a covenant, like we saw with the Gibeonites, you do not break it. You keep your word to your own hurt, like the book of Proverbs says, a wise man a wise person keeps a, a wise man keeps their word to their own hurt. And you humble your heart. You do not say, I can't believe this person did this. I can't believe they're doing that. I can't believe it. Look at how they treated me. Instead, you say, Father God, your love is enough for me. Thank you for healing my wounds. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming and being the love of my life. Thank you for being the one who is teaching me the higher path. Thank you for encompassing me, holding me, leading me. Please humble my heart right now to the point where I am willing to die for my fellow servants. Please humble me to the point where I am willing to lay down my life. Because this is that moment. And when you experience that, people, you will become gold. You will be refined as gold. But if you say, I'm sick of it. He abused me. She did this to me. She was a drinker. I get it. It was wrong. Those acts, God will... But what you're forgetting is like when you go to the court of law. <laughs> you're forgetting that God will avenge you. In fact, I've seen, I have seen two very specific situations where if the wife had simply followed God's leading and submitted herself, the husband was killed. And God allowed the woman's heart of wickedness to be judged because she divorced right before the man was killed. I mean, right before, days before. And in one situation, it was like within a year before. And what Yahweh told me in my ear, he said, if she had just waited, I would deliver her. She did not put her trust in me, to both cases. So I ask you this day, are you putting your trust in Yahweh or are you taking vengeance into your own hands? Because if your spouse is meant, (laughs) look at the story of Abigail, let me put it this way. Abigail was freed from her husband. She did not leave him, even though he was a fool. Yes, people mentally manipulate and emotionally abuse you, but that is where your pressing into the Father will save you. Yeshua was on the cross. Jeremiah was in prison. Joseph was in prison. Do you think they weren't abused 
mentally, physically? Do you think they didn't have a right to, to like, call down fire on those people or brimstone? How could they know to pray for them? Because that was the Holy Spirit's work in them. How could Joseph forgive his brothers? Because that was the Holy Spirit's work in him. So I ask you this day, are you ready to let the Holy Spirit truly refine you and become the bride of Yeshua, the one who will lay down her life for others? Or do you want to just be a concubine or a virgin? Or do you want to be the one? Do you want him to refine you as gold? Or do you are you okay with just getting into heaven? I beg you to consider your actions this day. I've been there. I've done it. And I know and I promise you, your God is enough to sustain you. I have had words spoken to me so destructive. I have had actions done to me, literally crushed my heart. But when I kept my eyes on Yahweh, on Yeshua. There was a peace that passed all understanding. And I'm going to tell you, if you let the enemy's actions destroy you, you are in error, and that's a form of sin. You're missing the mark. And that's what God told me. Because if I had obeyed and kept my eyes on Yahweh and heard his voice and trusted him above all else that the enemy was throwing at me, because I'm in a battle, you're in a battle. If you don't listen to the lies of Satan or Goliath as they're coming at you, but you keep your eyes on Yahweh, nobody can hurt you. Because Yahweh is enough for you. But if you do not let Yahweh be enough for you and you divert your eyes from your Savior, from your God, and you put them on the problem, you put them on Goliath, and you let the enemy start taking over you, that is your choice. You had a choice. It is not an easy thing to overcome. But that is why it is a battle. And through strength training of your spirit, you can overcome the voice of Satan. You can overcome the schemes of Satan. Satan wants you bitter, angry, unforgiving, and unmerciful. I beg you. I beg you to humble yourself and choose to be the bride. Okay, let's keep reading. So they sought for a lovely, now that's the word Yafa there, which means beautiful, young woman throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag the Shunammite and brought her to the king. The young woman was very lovely and she cared for the king and served him, but the king did not know her. That means, so the word there to know is Yada. That means to be intimate with, and it comes from the root word of the right hand. So in Hebrew, when you are intimate with your spouse, you yada them, yada. And that is the word yad is hand. Yada is this intimacy. And so you think about it, it's like when they say, oh, I know it like the back of my hand. That is how you're supposed to be with your spouse. You're supposed to know them like the back of your hand. Would you recognize your own hand? Would you? It's part of you. It does your deeds. And so I love that too. So we should all want to yada, Yahweh, be one with him, be intimate with him. And so, but this, the king did not consummate this. He did not know her. She just cared for him. Why they chose to make sure to focus on the beauty there, that's again, I think that was a, a, a short-sightedness there. The Nadonesia, the son of Hagith, exalted himself saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. Because of course, here's David dying. He's old. So Adonijah, his son's like, I'm going to be the king. And he exalted himself. There are so many people who exalt themselves and they say, 
I will be a teacher. I will be a prophet. I will be this, a pastor or whatever. Usually, the people that I've known that are called to be teachers of Yahweh did not want to be. Like Moses, I mean, I, when Yahweh told me to teach, I had terror. I begged him no, and he kept reminding me of the story of Moses, and Moses like, oh, no, 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 Lord, don't send me. And he kept reminding me that. He said, Mel, don't make me angry like Moses did. Usually, when you have a calling on your life, like Paul says, <laughs> it's your, it's, when you do that which you don't want to do, you know it's your stewardship. Um, but the people who like, like Adonisia, he exalted himself. He wanted to do it. Be careful. Be careful of your heart. Don't. <laughs> Usually you won't want to do something because you're so afraid of messing up like I am. You're so afraid of doing it wrong. But that fear of doing it wrong is what is needed to stay humble before Yahweh so you can be teachable and correctable. So it's necessary component. Yeah. I hope you get that. I hope you understand that. Okay. And his father had not rebuked him at any time by saying, why have you done so? His dad had a hard time rebuking his children, didn't he? David had a hard time <laughs> enacting punishment. He didn't rebuke, um, you know, remember Absalom's sister Tamar was raped. He didn't rebuke that brother. He didn't rebuke, yeah, he just didn't, I think he needed to firm up. We've talked about that before previously. And his father had not rebuked him at any time by saying, why have you done so? He was also very good looking. His mother had borne him after Absalom. Then he conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they followed and helped Adonijah. Let's stop here. Um, Adonijah is the brother of Absalom. Absalom was a rebel. Here's Adonijah being a rebel. They seem to have a lot of pride coming from them. And I wonder if it was from their mother <laughs> because the mother was one in charge of caretaking and bringing them up here. So I'm wondering if she influenced them <laughs> very pridefully. Verse 8. I'm sorry, let's read 7 again. I want you to point out here. I want to point out something here. Then he conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they followed and helped Adonijah. This is very pivotal for all of eternity. <laughs> now, Joab part is not, but Joab was the leader of David's army. He decided here to help Abiathar. I'm sorry, to help Adonijah. Abiathar is a Levite priest. This, this choice here, is not good. Like when you're a servant of God, you need to, when you're a servant of Yahweh, like you have to listen to his voice and be on the side of who's his. You can't just support the wicked. So let's keep reading here. We'll, you'll see. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Ray, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. Now I want you to go to Ezekiel and just, okay, so Google in your blue letter Bible here, find all the word for Zadok. And when you go over to Ezekiel, you're going to find that Zadok gets to offer the offerings when Yeshua returns because right here they remained faithful to David. They remained faithful to David. Abiathar did not remain faithful to what was true. Now, by all means and from the outside, this would have appeared, well, it's fine. He's Adonijah. He's the king's son. He's a blood relative. He could be the king. So Abiathar, on the outward level, appears to be a, a, um, supporting that which is right. Ooh, just like people who support others who believe, say they believe in God. But some of their theories and the ways they do it are false. Hmm. We don't want to be an Abiathar. Are you getting my point here? Abiathar followed the son of David, but not the anointed son of David. 
There are many Israelites out there who are preaching and teaching, but they're preaching falsehood. They are not functioning in the spirit of Yahweh. They're functioning in the spirit of Adonijah. They rose, they rose themselves up. They exalted themselves. Ooh, the churches abound with that. And people follow them. They are probably blood Israelites. They're believers. But they're the, not the one to whom your loyalty is supposed to be. They're not the voice to whom you're supposed to be listening. They have built and established their own kingdoms because they chose to do it. Be very careful. I mean, this is strong in the Messianic movement as well. But mostly prevalent in the Christian movement. Just be very careful because Zadok gets an eternal blessing for staying obedient to David and his household. The correct David and his household. That's the other thing. They're both from David. They're both from David. Adonijah and the chosen one Solomon are both from David. But Zadok's going to be blessed for staying with the correct one appointed by David. Boy, these are such huge lessons today, aren't they? But Zadok the priest, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Ray, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. Because why? Because they, the Spirit told them. They knew. They knew. They knew. And Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fattened cattle by the stone of Zoheleth, which is by Enrogel. He also invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the mighty man, or Solomon, Shlomo, Solomon, his brother. Because Solomon was the anointed, appointed one to be the king. Remember that. Even though he was the la- one of the last born of David, or I think he was the last born. He was definitely through um, Bathsheba, Bathsheba, and he was promised. Anyway, he was anointed. Which, again, like... <laughs> According to the Torah, by the letter of the law, he could not have been the king, right? He couldn't continue on this inheritance. He wasn't to be the chosen one. But Yahweh saw the hearts and he moved beyond. He chose Solomon because the older ones were wicked. And obviously, look at Adonijah. He exalted himself. There was something in his heart that was not right. And Yahweh knew that. So Yahweh, outside of what the typical custom was for the firstborn, chose Solomon. Live by the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. Verse 11. Oh my gosh, stop. I just I heard the Holy Spirit speak another thing. That's the whole thing like Adonijah. <laughs> by the letter of the law should have been king. But Yahweh chose Solomon by the spirit of the law. He had already anointed him to put this heart of wisdom in him. Boy, God's good. I just love his word. <laughs> okay, verse 11. So Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David, our Lord, does not know it? Come, please let me now give you advice, that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Because, of course, Nathan understood that uh, Adonijah is so wicked, he would rise, raise himself up and then kill Solomon, because everybody knew Solomon was the chosen one of God to be king. Like, this anointing had already been proclaimed. And that's another thing that happens. These pastors, these rabbis, these people who exalt themselves to position, then want to point down, they want to cut down and kill, so to speak, prophetically, symbolically, the people who Yahweh truly has speaking his words, because, of course, those people tear down their kingdom. Like a true prophet of God doesn't let you build your own kingdom. He only wants you to build the kingdom of God. She only wants you to build the kingdom of God. And, of course, religious leaders hate that. They hate their kingdom being torn down. 
speak anyway. Please come, let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? Then, while you are still talking there with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So here's Nathan saying, look, the king doesn't know this. Here's how we're going to handle this. You go in and tell him this, and then I'm going to come in and confirm it. So they're establishing this thing. Not wrong, not deceitfully. Nathan was a prophet. He just knew what needed to happen. So Bathsheba went into the chamber to the king. Now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was serving the king. And Bathsheba bowed and and did homage to the king. So she's like showing him reverence. Then the king said, What is your wish? What is your desire? Then she said to him, My lord, you swore by Yahweh your Elohim to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. So now look, Adonijah has become king, and now, my lord, the king, you do not know about it, because David's so old, he's kind of becoming infirm, and these people are going behind his back and doing things. 19. He has sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army. But Solomon, your servant, he is not invited. And as for you, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel on you, that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it will happen when my lord the king rests, or this is when he dies, with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon will be counted as offenders. So she's like, look, we're going to be killed. And just then, while she was still talking with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. So they told the king, saying, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord, O king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down today and has sacrificed oxen and fatted cattle and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. And look, they are eating and drinking before him, and they say, Long live king Adonijah. But he has not invited me me your servant, nor Zadok the priest, nor Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, nor your servant Solomon. Has this thing been done by my lord the king, and you have not told your servant who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then king David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king, and the king took an oath and said, As Yahweh lives, who has redeemed my life from every distress, just as I swore to you by Yahweh Elohim of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place, so I certainly will do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed her face to the earth and paid homage to the king and said, Let my lord King David live forever. And King David said, Call to me. Okay, he knows he's not going to live forever. This is being his soul. This is a blessing to your soul to live forever. In fact, let me read it for you in Hebrew here. David, Leolam, okay. Yeah, so Hamel, okay, so Adoni, Yahi, yeah. Okay, so Yahi, Yahi, Adoni, Hamelech, David, Leolam. So that's it in Hebrew. It's a beautiful little saying. Okay, and King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan this prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king. And the king also said to them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule, and take him down to Gihon. There, like Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, anoint him king over Israel. That word anoint there, remember, means to smear. So they're going to smear him with oil. And blow the horn and say, Long live King Solomon. And it doesn't, the word long is added in there. It's like live King Solomon. So it's basically like saying, like again, let's look at here in the interlinear here. Um, um, it says the word chai, I'm sure. Yeah, chaya. Like let it be like his life. Okay. I just wanted to point that out to you. 
like life to Solomon, lives Solomon. Here he is. He's the anointed one. Then you shall come up after him and he shall come and sit on my throne and he shall be king in my place for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Israel and Judah, two houses joined in David. Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen. May Yahweh Elohim, if my lord the king, do so too. As Yahweh has been with my lord the king, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord king David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, went down and had Solomon ride on king David's mule and took him to Gihon. Then Zadok the priest took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the horn and all the people said, Long live King Solomon! And all Basically, life to King Solomon. And all the people went up after him. And the people played the flutes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. Now Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the horn, he said, Why is the city in such a noisy uproar? While he was still speaking, there came Jonathan, the son of Abiathar the priest, and Adonijah said to him, Come in, for you are a prominent man, and bring good news. Then Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, No, our lord King David has made Solomon king. Ooh, 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 our lord King David has made Solomon king. Adonijah made himself king. King David, the picture of Yeshua, made Shlomo Solomon, king, we must follow whom Yahweh anoints. The king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. Also Solomon sits on the throne of the kingdom, and moreover the king's servants have gone to bless our lord King David, saying, May Elohim make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may he make his throne greater than your throne. Then the king bowed himself on the bed. Also the king said thus, Blessed be Yahweh Elohim of Israel, who has given one to sit on my throne this day while my eyes see it. So all the guests who were with Adonijah were afraid. Because here they're saying like, oh my gosh, we followed the wrong one. You guys, this is going to be huge prophetic picture of what is coming. Those who are following the Antichrist spirit in the church or the... Remember, the Antichrist comes from the tribe of Dan. He's still one of God's children. Dan will judge his people like a serpent by the way. He is going to be in the end days, the one from which the judgment comes. If you follow the wrong one, when Messiah Yeshua returns, you are going to be afraid because you made a mistake. Do not follow those who elevate themselves. Follow the anointed of Yahweh. The anointed ones of Yahweh will not be your best friends. They will not be the ones to make you feel comfortable. They will be the ones who care for your soul to the point where they are letting you hate them. They will let you hate them. Because they love you so much and they love God so much. They want to get your soul right with God. That is a true prophet. They don't get paid by you. They don't take accolades from you. They truly can't care what you think. But believe me, their heart's grieved when, when, you, when you reject their love and you don't understand and you speak bad about them or falsely about them. Yeah, our hearts are broken. Because we care. But we can't lie. We're not here to get you into second place. We're here to get you to first place. Follow those anointed of Yahweh because they will help you prepare to be the bride. 
So all the guests who were with Adonijah were afraid and arose and each one went his way. Now Adonijah was afraid of Solomon. So he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon saying, Indeed, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon. For look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. Then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth. Solomon in his wisdom. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar, and he came and fell down before the King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your house. So in this instance, Solomon spares him, but his words are wise. He goes, If he proves himself a worthy man, he'll live. He's not going to die. You guys, this chapter was so beautiful. (laughs) Please make sure you follow the anointed of Yahweh. Please, please, please make sure you're willing. Well, I beg you. I beg you to lay down your life. For those around you that you don't hold on to your own pride, your own desires, your own self-worth, that you would be like our Messiah who gave everything. And in giving everything, he gained everything. I promise you, if you hold and you defend yourself, you avenge yourself, I promise you, I promise you, you will not know the peace that I have found. The joy, the strength. The understanding that I never have to avenge myself. God is my avenger. I don't need to take care of myself. I need to let God take care of me. I need to love. I need to take up my cross. I need to pray, speak boldly the truth. But nobody can abuse me. Their words can't hurt me when Yahweh's truth defeats their lies. Now physically, I need to get myself to safety. That's a different point. But they can't mentally abuse me when I'm strong in Messiah. And that's my choice to listen to the Holy Spirit in those times of trouble. I have the power by the Holy Spirit. Does it take training? Does it take time? Does it take work to do that? Yes, but hey guys, guess what? I'm here to help you. And more importantly, the Holy Spirit's there to help you. I want to see you be refined like gold. I want you to see, I want to see you be the bride of Messiah. Please, please humble yourself this day. Because in your humility, Yahweh can move greatly in your pride You put a line in the sand and he can only go so far with you. He who loses his life will find it. May Yahweh bless you greatly.